we sort of went with what worked. A traditional blend is your GSM, your Grenache Syrah Mavedra. And so we decided to play around and, and try some different things. Uh, and the, the addition of the Graciano I think was perfect. Uh, it adds a really beautiful fruit quality to it, some darker berries, and really rounds out all of the flavors. Had known Livermore a bit, uh, and this is about eight years ago, mm -hmm. but realized that the community in Livermore um, is really amazing. Uh, and it reflected, I think, some of what my dad had experienced back in Napa in the early days of the wine industry there. Uh, and so very quickly knew that we wanted to move in this direction. You know what I think is even more um, amazing is that I have a female winemaker right here. Welcome to Wine Wednesday. I'm your host, Len LaFrisco. My co-host is Sneha Narang. Hello, everyone. We're joined, as always, by Engineer Mitch. Hello. We are coming to you today from the fabulous Giraffe Space Studios located in Livermore, California. With this program, we are hoping to introduce you to the wine culture of our region through the eyes of wine lovers, but certainly not connoisseurs. We'd like to introduce you to not only the wineries, but hopefully some of the region's best restaurants, breweries, and distilleries that have made Livermore their home. I have lived here for over 30 years, and I'm truly amazed at how the wine industry has flourished. Our climate and its soil are perfect for growing grapes. Livermore is producing wines that rival, and in many cases exceed those of our more famous wine-growing regions in California. Let me introduce today's guests, Alexandra Henkelman and her dad, Ken. They are the owners and winemakers at Omega Road Winery in Livermore. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Len. Thanks, Neha. So if you've ever listened to us before, you know that we never start a podcast without a glass of wine. Amen. So what have you brought for us today? We have brought some very exciting things. Mm -hmm. uh, first, we decided to open up our rumored red. This is a holiday blend that we put together every year. Uh, this particular blend is all from 2016. It's a blend of some Syrah, actually two different Syrahs. Uh, we also have a little bit of Mavedra in there and some Graciano. Ooh. We like to keep it interesting, <laughs> always bringing in some new varietals, some interesting things. I love the name. I think it's such a cool name. I'm ready to have a whole lot of rumor everywhere. I love it. I love it. We uh, we got the name because my dad uh, is infamous for telling some fantastic stories. Ooh. And so for our first vintage of 2015, we had uh, some of our club and some of our guests ask, um, "Where where's the story? Like, how did you come up with this wine? And every time the story would be slightly different. Um, and so then all of the rumors started about the <laughs> rumored red. And so we decided to roll with it. How did you come up with that uh, particular um, mix of different grapes? Because Graciano is <laughs> certainly a newer one in the in the valley <clears throat> um, and Mervedra, same. So yes. where'd you come up with that? So we, uh, we actually started with the Syrah as the base. Um, I mentioned there were two different Syrahs in there. The majority actually come from Sierra Foothills. Uh, and we also have some beautiful Graciano from Sierra Foothills. And so we sort of went with what worked. Um, a traditional blend is your GSM, your Grenache Syrah Mavedra. Uh, but we have a 2017 Grenache that's really beautiful and no 2016 Grenache. And so we decided to play around and, and try some different things. 
Uh, and the, the addition of the Graciano, I think, was perfect. Uh, it adds a really beautiful fruit quality to it, some darker berries, um, and really rounds out all of the flavors. The Syrah has a really beautiful structure, uh, but I think the Graciano, like I said, lightens it up, and then the Mavedra adds just a hint of complexity to it. Hmm. Oh, it's like... I, it's a party in my mouth. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it's it. It's so delicious. I'm so glad. Uh, um, all right. So I have a question. Ken, I saw on your website that you work for Robert Mondavi after returning from the Army. Um, <laughs> tell me about that. Um, I was stationed at Two Rock Ranch, Petaluma my last 11 months in the Army, and got a job working for Robert Mondavi uh, during those last 11 months. Worked in the cellar. I never heard that term, the cellar rat, before. Um, I never heard that term until the last couple of years, but I guess I was a cellar rat. (laughs) And, oh, (laughs) You know, it was just, um, it was a wonderful time to be working in the Napa Valley. Um, Almost monthly, there were dinners at different wineries that everyone was invited to. All the winemakers, uh, it was just such a great family up there. Um, And it was a great experience, you know. Uh, Worked, had the opportunity to work at some different wineries uh, for some different winemakers like mm-hmm. Cheddaroff and uh, the guy with the swagger stick. Uh, <laughs> I like that you're and, looking at me and, as if I'm yeah, saying right. You know, there's, there's so many memories of working in the caves and stuff like that up uh-huh. at Behringer and Christian Brothers. It was a, it was a great experience. Uh, and so I was with Robert Mondavi for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then Michael Gergich went to Chateau Montalini, and Michael Gergich was Robert Mondavi's winemaker. Got it. And asked me to go with him, and I went with him. Uh, and that was when I started learning a little bit about making wine. That is really so, neat. Uh, it was just a great opportunity. And then I graduated from college and went off to do things that... Funny. Th- and what did you do? What did you do? Yeah. I was a biomedical engineer for... Another engineer, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this has been pretty consistent. Most people who are in wine used to, to be coders or engineers or something. It's very interesting. Biomedical engineering. That's very, very neat. That's what I did as well for undergraduate. So right on. <laughs> um, what made you come back into winemaking? Uh, it was really, I was trying to prepare myself for retirement. Hmm. I like that. And I, and I asked Alex, I said, I think I want to take a course in viticulture. You want to go with me? Uh-huh. And she said, sure. And so after the first night, it was, we had so much fun. I said, <laughs> You want to start a winery? <laughs> Just like <Wow>. that. <laughs> now, granted, the first night of the first class was very, it was like the basics of sure. winemaking. I yeah, mean, it yeah. was, this is a grapevine. <laughs> these are grapes. Red we make wine from white. these, right? Uh, but even that, we were both hooked on it uh, and just couldn't get enough. 
had you been to college already as well? I had uh, just graduated with my undergraduate. In um, what? Marketing and, and economics. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, right on. <laughs> a little different from the, the winemaking and not quite an engineer. Right. Uh, <laughs> The but, world needs one of us as well, okay? The right? non-engineers. So we it's need okay. balance. Yes, we do. We balance each other. <laughs> um, so I, it had been, I had graduated three or four months prior, mm-hmm. uh, and we went to class, and the rest is kind of history. We were both working full-time um, as well as attending classes and making wine out of my parents had a shed in their backyard, and so we were making wine in the shed. So you started at home, mm-hmm. just making a couple of barrels? Yep. Oh, no, we never made. Oh, well, when you say a couple of barrels, yeah. oh, we always made too much. Yeah. <laughs> no and and you didn't call me over thing. to help you with that? or oh. well, If only we had known you then, Len. <laughs> Things may have turned out differently. Right? There's no such thing as too much wine. Right. It's. It's art, and you can never have too much of delicious art. <laughs> uh, there is too much when mom starts saying you're now taking over the shed oh. and the garage. Oh. You need to figure something out. Yep. Understood. Understood. Yes. <laughs> yes. So where did you get the name Omega Road? We uh, we actually started on Omega Road in San Ramon. Uh, we oh. were using about, I don't know, 300 square feet, maybe, um, it was part of another building and quickly started making wine there for a couple of years. Uh, very quickly realized we were going to outgrow it. Around that same time, a preschool was going in the other side of the building. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. Very nice. Which I thought had so much potential, but also that would not be allowed. The, right. The uh, parents picking up the kids. It's Come on. And the wine. <laughs> exactly. I feel like it could have been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like your marketing head, ma'am. I yes, like it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but when we realized we had to move, uh, we my dad has family still in Napa. Uh, and so we considered that for a hot second, um, and then realized, had known Livermore a bit, uh, and this is about eight years ago, mm-hmm. but realized that the community in Livermore um, is really amazing. Uh, and it reflected, I think, some of what my dad had experienced back in Napa in the early days of the wine industry there, uh, and so very quickly knew that we wanted to move in this direction. Invariably, every winemaker that has come in here has said it's a great community. Mm-hmm. They help each other out. There's no yes. competition. It's not about that. It's about making really good wine and putting Livermore on the map. It's it's pushing each other. It's helping each other. Um, it it really is an incredible group of people who who care about each other and care about uh, making amazing wine. Yeah. Um, it's it's fantastic. You know what I think is even more um, amazing is that I have a female winemaker right here. I think, you know, I mean, I love wine. I love the passion that every single person I've spoken to on this podcast about. Like, they have an immense amount of passion. But what makes this more special for me is that there's a female that I'm talking to Thank right you. now. It's it's huge. Um, you know, tell me, tell me about your experience as a female winemaker and not only that but a female that's making her mark in an industry that you know is when you think wine you think well man pouring you wine making wine like you know tell me about that experience. totally uh, i appreciate that so much um it's it's pretty fantastic i mean i feel like my dad and i have a really amazing partnership because 
with his his background, his that engineering analytical mindset, um, there are certain aspects to the craft of making wine and the science of making wine in particular that mm-hmm. come so easily for him, um, which provides great balance, I think, to how I think about wine um, as, yes, a craft, but the art of it. Right. And so bringing together the two of those, I think, is really important. So in, in the U.S., at least, uh, there's... The average is about 10% female winemakers, Um, which is... I know. (laughs) Well, we we don't need to talk about that. (laughs) There needs to be more. I mean, come on. I think females enjoy wine a lot, so I think there needs to be an increase in the number of females. I will say, (laughs) Livermore is amazing. The average is is much higher for Livermore. It's 15 to 20% female winemakers. Yay, Livermore. Go Livermore. Um, So that's kind of fantastic. I think being a female in the industry, uh, regardless of of age or longevity, I mean, the perspective is slightly different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the way that we taste wine is different as well. Um, I appreciate so much some of my counterparts in the Valley, but... The conversations inevitably that I have with some women, it it turns to more than just the glass or the bottle of wine. It's it's how you enjoy it. It's when you enjoy it. It's how does it feel when you enjoy it, uh, which I think is pretty fantastic. But at the same time, not going to lie, uh, being a female in the industry has its challenges. Sure. Um, <laughs> and and I I'd like to think that at the end of the day. We're making good wine, and that's what matters most. Um, and, you know, you push your way through. Agreed. Very true. And, oh, yeah. it, this is really good wine. I mean, <laughs> thank you. You know, to think about, you're right. I think when I when I sip on a glass of wine, I think um, there, there are moments that have been tied to practically every bottle of mm-hmm. wine. And granted, I do drink a bottle of wine when I sit down, but <laughs> those ones, uh, there's, there's, a memory that is attached mm-hmm. to that bottle of wine, not yes. just what it tasted like, not not what I'm getting in the moment, but what was happening around me. Totally in that moment too. And so who I can, you were with? Yes, yes, Lynn. Most of them were with you. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> this here is definitely one of my closest friends. So yes, plenty of great memories. And you know, you're right. It it changes the experience altogether. And mm-hmm. it's nice to hear a female winemaker recognize that piece as well. So totally. kudos to you. Um, Thank you. You know, on a, on a very sidebar, but very honest thing, like, yes, more power to you. This is great one. And I hope that, you know, people recognize it and, and more success to you for that. That's huge. Um, and to that, you know, I read that you have a philosophy. Essentially, it says that great wine should bring people together. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with that? And tell me, like, what, like, give me details about that philosophy because that's a very heavy statement, but it's a Thanks. it's a true statement. It's um, when we started thinking about building a winery more than you know making wine in the garage. Um, <laughs> when we started thinking about what what this could be, what more it could be, for us, it very much was a moment of who do we want to be as people? Who are we? Um, and what do we want people to experience, right? And and what is the community that we want to build? And it starts with great wine. First and foremost, for us, that, that was like the lowest common denominator had to be great wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and and going from there, it's, it's not just the amazing wine. It's like we said, it's that experience, that community that you build with it. And so 
really having that point of connection with people, letting amazing, beautiful wine uh, be the moment that facilitates connection. Um, I like that. And and I think that's something that's very important to both of us. And and it's true with it's it's true with food for sure. And I think we all can recognize that on certain levels. But I think even more so, perhaps it's true with wine also. Oh, um, I agree. Yeah, it's it's been an important piece for me, especially. And and again, going back to being a female winemaker, a female in the industry, having those moments of connection with other females, other winemakers, um, sommeliers, restaurant owners, that whole piece of it, building building the craft itself um, and giving it legitimacy is is the first and foremost. We have to be taken seriously. True. Uh, but again, bringing more to it um, is, has been important and wanting to reflect that in our tasting room. I love it. I mean, we stumbled into your tasting room by accident. You know, mm-hmm. it was one of those things. There it was. And we walked in and you were so so accommodating and so just you could just tell that you were having a good time you had that look on your face right there (laughs) Uh, even though nobody could see it just a big grin like i am enjoying my life and that made me feel really good and then you poured us your wines and i was like okay this ain't bad she needs to be on the podcast (laughs) thank you that's that's a huge compliment and then your, your dad came over and talked to us as well and he was very nice She's she's a lot of fun to work with. I can imagine. Likewise, likewise. I can imagine. And she's forgiving. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> that's a good thing. We it all is. need some grace in life. Yes. Uh, but I, I appreciate that. Thank you. So I have a question um, for both Ken and Alex. Tell me, like, in, individually, what do you want people experiencing when they come into your tasting room? Uh, what do we want people to experience when they come in the tasting room? I think for me, it's I want the moment that somebody walks in the door, they feel welcome, uh, that they feel a part of things, and also that they can be struck by enjoying the moment. Um, And at the end of the day, we can talk until we're blue in the face about how technically amazing and life-changing, right, a wine may be. (laughs) But at the end of the day, where it leaves you is, do you like it, yes or no? Right. And if yes, fantastic. Let's recreate that moment. I love it. Dad? There's so many things. One of the things I enjoy more than anything else is the diversity of people that come into the winery. Mm -hmm. I, I I have so much fun talking to these people and at the end of the day, you want them to enjoy the wine. You want them to enjoy the experience. And, I, and too many times we've had people just say, oh, we love all of your wines. And that kind of gives you a warm feeling. Not too many times. <laughs> Oftentimes. <laughs> and we love that. Well, and I don't, I don't hear that well. Times. So when I do hear it, I multiply it. I no. love it. <laughs> That's the way to do but, it. I love it. But there's kind of a common thread, I think, that runs through all of our wines. And that's that they tend to be a little fruitier. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that is due to Alex's palate. I mean, she has a wonderful palate. When we have disagreements about a wine, 
she'll say to me, can you be a little articulate? <laughs> I said, nice. And I'll say, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> can, can you be a little more articulate? Perfect. What don't you like about it? And nice. I'll, I'll learn to explain myself. Right. Oh, she says, I can fix that. Oh. Do I really so, say that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That is beautiful. I that's that's it's you know it's such a um I'm just imagining the creation as the two of you talk about it. I think it's I think it's great. And if people could actually view the the the, the environment here, I think I think it's fantastic. I think just for this dynamic people need to come and just hang out in your in your tasting room just to experience this. It's it's great. Thank you. We we do have a good time together at the end of the day. Uh, working with family can be challenging, but I think that for us, it's 95% of the time, it's really fantastic. And that other 5% of the time, you know, give it an hour and then it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about bringing great wine, you know, great wine should bring people together. What about with food? Oh. Is your... <laughs> That's my question. He oh, stole my man. question. How dare you? I'll just sit back and listen to the nice podcast. <laughs> like, I, that's my forte because I'm a uh. foodie. I love food, but more than food, I love wine. And so, see, he knows that that's the better question because he wants to ask. Um, no, but go ahead. No, Len. no, feel free. I'm, I'm just going to sit here and drink wine. I'm, I'm good. Open up another bottle. We'll be fine. Oh, right, so, right, did I'm, he open the second oh, bottle? Yes. Yes, he did. Do. do why don't you ask about oh. food while I go pour everybody some more wine? Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so what we're going to drink now is your Petit Verdot. Yes. Do tell me, like, you know, I mean, what is it? Before we move on to the Verdot, though, the Petit Verdot, tell me what rumored should be, ta- like, paired with. What is your favorite thing to eat while you're sipping on this divine um, creation? Well, um, I think one of my favorite things about rumored red, it is a wine that can go with a variety of things. It's a wine that can fit so many occasions. Um, it's it's smooth, it goes down easily. And so I think for that, it makes it pairing, pairing it with a ton of different foods so easy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things, I love Italian food. Oh, me too. Uh, and so like even just a, a pasta bolognese, right? Like oh. a little bit of meat, some tomato, some really nice Parmesan on the top, like, Yes, please. I mean, that's good anytime. What about blue cheese? Oh, oh. also fantastic with blue cheese. I that's see, one of Dad's faves. I see Ken's hands moving, which is, I was like, yes, no, tell me everything. <laughs> is the podcast still going on? Or should I just keep pouring wine? No, Actually, no. Actually, if you could ahead. bring in the cheese, that'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I think Rumored Red, it does fit so many different places. Uh, I mean, fantastic with blue cheese, Yes. I think it, it, can, it can even veer towards dessert. You get something brute, uh, berries, fruity, uh, maybe a little bit of chocolate. Ooh. Um, and I think it fits that space as well. Um, we did it for a, a holiday party um, and, you know, with the thousand different appetizers that everybody brings. It, there wasn't one that it didn't go with. Oh, that's so neat. Um, it really did hit that, like, smooth and easy. Oh, I love that. So, ladies and gentlemen, in case what? you want a perfect pairing, rumored red. Sorry, Ken, go ahead. Uh, that's okay. I'm just, one of the things that's really exciting is that every time we do an introduction of a wine or wines, Alex and her mother and a friend, another daughter of mine. An unofficial daughter. Pre- <laughs> prepare meals. Ooh. 
to that go with the wines we're introducing. But it's a week of preparing different <laughs> meals and adding different things. And I'm kind of the guinea pig. Oh, nice. And That's a tough such, job. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of. And I, I can remember one night tasting a wine that was not my favorite. Mm-hmm. But after I tasted the dish and then I had a sip of the wine, I said, what wine is this? Oh, that's amazing. And It changed everything. It is amazing. Wow. Yeah. We do, um, like Dad said, for each of our new wine releases, we'll bring you know a few different wines uh, to our club. And with that, we always offer our club an opportunity to have a paired dinner. And so... I know her taste in wine. Oh my god! I love oh it. my god! <laughs> Sorry, seeing Sorry. responses to people she enjoying your wine is I fantastic. Had a sip of the Petit Verdot. I this is phenomenal. My eyes are just bulging out. Sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. No, Ignore no, my I love it. I love it. That was um, a great reaction. Oh, it's yeah. delicious. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we we love getting to experiment with some different food and wine pairings. Again, at the end of the day. For me, the most important question is, do you like it? Yes or no? I mean, scientifically, there's ways you can balance and bring food and wine together and and have them complement each other and elevate each other. And I think that's great. And I love that. I could geek out hard over that for sure. (laughs) But again, like, like what really matters is, do you enjoy it? Are you having a moment? Are you having a good time? And are you having a good time with amazing people? And that's what matters most. Well, ladies and gentlemen listening, I'm having a great moment <laughs> with great people over here. For what it's worth, this wine is just, it just it's delicious. I love. Thank you. Oh, it, yes, it's its delicious. Um, sorry, Len, now. Can go, I? Yes, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so you have an interesting variety of grapes that you work with. Um, that some are, though, are usually relegated to mixing grapes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they rarely get to stand on their own. Uh, for example, this lovely Petit Verdot we're trying right now. So uh, I was wondering what made you want to create a wine with a grape like Petit Verdot being the star. Thank you. Yeah, we um, we love getting to find and try and work with some unique and interesting varietals. And uh, we are drinking our Petit Verdot right now. It's a 2015 and the grapes are from here in Livermore, which, by the way, Livermore, oh, we make some amazing grapes here. Um, yeah, we do. Yes, these yes. grapes, like this valley, Livermore Valley, the the land, the climate, um, and frankly, our our vineyard workers, uh, our managers, our harvesters, uh, everyone involved in that process is incredible. And and we would not be able to make good wine, let alone any great wine, without such amazing. Um, inputs and resources. So that being said, I think that getting to experiment with some of the less common varietals is fun. For one thing, there are things that people haven't had an opportunity to taste yet, or frankly, even hear about. Um, And so getting to introduce somebody to something new is always fun. Um, And getting to, to broaden people's perspectives is always fun. But I think also when you think about something like a Petit Verdot, right, typically it is that blending grape. But when it grows so beautifully and it's managed so beautifully, 
Like, we don't have to do much to it to make it great. Mm. <laughs> like, we have to work to not mess it up, really, <laughs> right. at the end of the day. <laughs> That's our job. Don't mess it up. <laughs> Let it shine. Um, That's and I terrific. think I think it gets to do that, yeah. Do you have a favorite grape that you like working <laughs> with? <laughs> Uh, it depends on my day okay. and my mood. Love it. Um, <laughs> we we have a few that are perhaps less enjoyable to work with, but the end product is amazing. Uh, we make an Alicante Boucher Rosé. Uh, uh, I've never heard that varietal <laughs> in my life. What is Alicante that? Boucher is a really fun varietal. Um, it's a red grape, uh, red wine grape, rather, yeah. and... It's one of the few red wine varietals that actually has red juice. Most of the time, Ah. red wine grapes have clear juice, just like your good old Thompson seedless. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason that that red wine gets its color is you age or you ferment, rather, the skins and the seeds and the juice all together. Mm -hmm. And so it picks up that color from the skin. Well, when you have a red wine varietal that you make into a rosé, typically it's much lighter. But when you've got red juice to it, it becomes really dark, but that makes this rosé a bit more full-bodied, a bit more um, a bit more structure to it. Ooh. And we have a club member who calls it our winter rosé because it, it goes so beautifully with, like, winter squash and some nice. of those beautiful stews that you can make. And it oh, has... But, but every year I say, <laughs> I don't like making this wine. <laughs> oh, no. It's also kind of a pain to work it, with. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> The skin is thick. The pulp sticks to the skin. It clogs up everything. Right. It's kind of a mess. Oh, no. It's kind of a mess. But it's worth it in the end. And and this 2019 was so dark that uh, until the last week, I kept saying, I don't think we're going to be able to call it rosé. Wow. Wow. Yes. And then the color just kind of... Settled out a little bit. Softens. How interesting. Mm-hmm. That is so pretty. I'm just, it's fine. It's, again, like I say, I think wine making, it, wine in general is just art. So it's so nice to hear, you know, the colors settling and you're worried about whether you could even call it a rosé. <laughs> like that's that's pretty neat. I That's really nice to hear. I, I love that. Um, all right. We are sipping on the Petit Verdot. What, 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 not that I need food with my wine, but it's nice because normal people like to eat, you people know. People do like to eat when they drink sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I don't understand that concept. I was going to say, give me a fire in the fireplace and a good glass of wine and I might be happy. Right? right. Yes. Um, but if we want to talk food, so this I think is one of those wines that can go, you know, your solid dinner, whether you're pairing it with a steak, um, Mushroom risotto actually is fantastic mm. with this. Uh, beautiful pot roast. Right, you can go a lot of different directions with our petite. Um, but I think also this transitions to dessert really beautifully. Uh, we've done kind of a flourless chocolate cake with this, <laughs> and it was amazing. Um, oh. We did a, a, a chocolate, sorry, I'm motioning, but a chocolate <laughs> bowl. <laughs> um filled with raspberries and some cream and a little bit of dusting of cocoa on the top. And that was incredible, bringing out kind of a, a bittersweet quality to it. Um, and it's it, a versatile it, it one. It's fine. bring a flourless chocolate cake with you? Oh, that's, I know, right? Wow, you know, right? Really, okay, whatever. I'm really slacking <laughs> we'll just here. We'll just have to do this all over again. <laughs> yeah, I that's guess That's what so. we'll have to do. I like it. <laughs> all right. So, um, you know, I hear that the two of you work together to create this art. 
Um, do you have similar palettes when it comes to your wines? I think complementary. Um, Alex, by far, has a better palate than mine. But there are certain things that when I taste it and I don't care for it, that she likes to me to articulate what I don't care for. <laughs> but as far as, uh, you know, working habits and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, very complimentary. I agree. Uh, I'm the one that usually dumps a tank over and makes a mistake or does something like that. That's never happened. And she's happened. the one that's not. forgiving. Of course not. <laughs> Um, I think I agree. I think we're very complimentary, both in terms of our palates and how we work um, and being able to find something that satisfies even even when we're shopping for other wines, which happens. Mm-hmm. Um, we may look for some different things, but we can always, for the most part, settle on, oh, this is a really beautiful wine, even if it does something different for both of us. And I think we bring that back to our wine as well. And wanting to make sure that every wine that we make is balanced, um, has a has a lovely nose, has a nice mouthfeel, has a good finish to it, right? That all of those various points are hit in that experience of tasting. That's really cool. Do either of you have like a specific type of grape that one likes to work with more than the other? Ooh. Do you have a specific type of grape that you I like have to- a grape that doesn't like me. <laughs> we both have that. Mr. Malbec. Malbec. Oh, oh yeah. interesting. I love, I love a good Malbec also. Too. It does not love us. Really? Mm. Huh. Does it fight back when it's It does. The- <laughs> it does. We've got some bruises. Okay. Um, and we don't want to go into too much detail. <laughs> All right, mental note, do not get the Malbec at Omega Road. All right. right. <laughs> we've 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 made it before, we've put it in blends and it's it's been a perfect accent, but mm. it's and I love a good Malbec, like I said. Absolutely. It's just not my favorite to work with. Okay. But you know, I like how you have the petite verdot featured. Whereas a lot of people don't. They have mm-hmm. the Malbec. So I think this balances out it's in the balance. grand wine universe. Yes. This yes. works out. Totally. <laughs> so what's the your favorite wine, grape, and vintage that you've ever produced? Your that we've mo- ever produced? Yeah, what, that you've made. Well, this evening it's the Petit Verdot. <laughs> yes. Because it's on sale at the, yesterday, the vineyard, right? Yesterday it was the Cab Franc. <gasps> Oh, you have Cab Franc. Um, we do have a Cab Franc. Oh, I yes. tasted that the but other day. That's I right. also like uh, Torontos. Oh, yes. T- Torontos? Torontos. Uh, I let Alex tell what it is. <laughs> Argentinian grape, mm-hmm. white, very floral, Ooh. silky, and the flavors just roll off of the silk. It's just Excuse a wonderful... Excuse me while I wipe the drool off <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining it as well. So, yes. Oh, continue. This is great. I'm, like, picturing it's... myself in, like, a beautiful, like, veranda somewhere overlooking right. oh, the no, field. I, with, I feel like oh, there's palm trees, I, maybe. I think yes. everybody should have a bottle of this in their refrigerator for those late nights when you just feel like you need to get up and have a glass of water. Oh, yes. Who this needs water my, when you have wine? Exactly. That's my theory. I, I mean, that's Fair that's enough. the motto I live by. That's wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Who uh, needs water when you have wine? It's very true. It's very true. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Um, okay. So 
I, you know, Alex, I have to ask, what, um, what aspect of winemaking came as a, like a surprise to you? <laughs> um, that's, that's a great the question. Care of feeding. <laughs> the care of feeding. I think, I think the, you can, you can read something or you can study, um, for what's the what's the moniker 10,000 hours right Mm -hmm. but wine wine is different in that it's a seasonal production right you have you have one harvest a year and so there's there's the technical knowledge which right you have your notes and you have your books that you can refer to and thank god for google um (laughs) right all of those things, but the reality is every year the grapes are a little different and the weather's a little different. And so how things present is a little different. And I and I think it wasn't so much of a surprise as much as every year in some ways it's like you're starting over. Well, you could buy the grapes from the same guy from the same plants as last year. Exactly. And it's totally different. And it's going to be completely different. Yeah. Um, which is the amazing thing about small boutique producers that every year, again, you can get the same grapes from the same vineyard, the same plants even. Right. And it's going to be different, which is fantastic. And also, oh my gosh, it makes me want to cry sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this year, to me, this year was a very unique year. It was like the chemistry in the grapes was so good. We there was we added nothing to anything this year. Really? I mean it was I mean normally you have to worry about your pH and your acid. This year everything was so perfect. Everything we was got that was because beautiful. of the rainy, yeah. I, the just, rainy I just season think being rainy this, last year. This is going to be a very successful year for all wineries. Uh, I hope so. As far as production goes. And did that have something to do with the, the wetness of the season? Or uh it's interesting because it's not it's not the season that you would um throw in like your wish list items, right? Mm-hmm. Like the rainfall was a little funky and some of the uh heat over the summer was mis not misplaced, but it yeah. just the timing was a little off. Sure. It it very much was a bit of a surprise with all of the chemistry coming out so beautifully and all of the flavors and the textures that are coming out are really stunning. Um, And I'm really excited about it, but it definitely is not what you would have expected given the weather that we had. So when can I come and stick a little straw in the barrel to taste all Heck of yes. this stuff? <laughs> Heck yes. That's what Actually, I want to do. That's a question oh. I wanted to ask. Oh, sorry. Have you tasted anything <laughs> out of the barrel that you've just just you've just harvested in the last few months? Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, you harvested, but you bought the grapes or whatever yes. it is. Have you got something in a barrel that you've gone, hey, this oh, is hey. going to be really good? <laughs> there's a couple We've of got things. A couple that... uh, there's a few things I'm pretty excited about. Um we actually were just playing around with some things earlier today. We've got a couple of rosés actually coming out this year that I'm Ooh. super stoked about. Ooh. Um, some fun white blends that I think will be great. Uh, and I'm really excited. We're doing some fun things with some reds. Um, <laughs> Dad's laughing They're at me. They're looking at each other kind <laughs> um, of. This is interesting. Right. Well, we, is. we've got a couple of, uh, we have Cab Franc from two different <gasps> viticultural <gasps> areas. 
And so, uh-huh. and both of them are tasting so beautiful already, right? And it's been a few months. Right. Um, but getting to see how different they are already, I'm... So it's things like that that I'm really excited about. I love Cab Franc. In case, in case our listeners or the two of you did not pick up, Cab Franc is yeah. it just makes our. But I'm sensing there might be a slight appreciation we, we, for some we Cab Franc. Yeah. Um, let me wipe my drool off <laughs> my face. <laughs> like, oh my god, I love Cab Franc. Love, love, love. It's it's great. That's that's my favorite varietal. Always has been. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. It's one of my favorites too, and. I mentioned we've got it from a few different uh, viticultural areas, some from here in Livermore, which is amazing as winery owners and winemakers who don't own our own vineyards, finding vineyards and and production that is of quality and standard um, is always prime importance. And the more we are able to increase our Livermore production, the more exciting it is to get to feature. I mean, I think Cab Franc is another one of those varietals that grows so beautifully here um and so i'm really excited to see how things progress and our our vintner from uh fair play fair play <laughs> i uh, i always have a hard time remembering fair play and maybe let's not think about the things that you think it is sometimes <laughs> okay excellent <laughs> you can come to the tasting room to hear what he thinks it is sometimes. That's what you yes. want to do. And, uh, One of them is foul play. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> but then I often think of foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last podcast they ever did. <laughs> Uh, you guys have been Can't absolutely. She, she's always trying to keep me in, uh, in line. You know what? Uh, have fun. But have amen. Fun. Amen. But the Cab Franc, we tasted it day before yesterday. Yeah. And and it's this year's, and it's wonderful. It's got a wonderful flavor to it. Huh. Dad told me, do you think we can bottle this already? Oh, oh wow. I think it's that good. And I was like, wow. okay, it might need a little more time. Yeah. Just a little. So wow. do you ever sneak people in the back and let them taste it? Just you, uh, <laughs> you make it to the tasting room when Dad's you know, there. Kind of just Dad. the people in this room is fine, too. It doesn't need to be, like, everyone. Just, you know, we'll bring we'll do an off-site podcast. I like yes, it. Yes, there I you like go. It. You guys have been absolutely delightful. Thank you for coming. We really appreciate it. I want to urge everybody to go to uh, Omega Road Winery, 2127 South Vasco Road in Livermore. They're open from 12 to 5 on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, go visit them. They are absolutely delightful people. Yes. And they make some really tasty wine. Believe me, they are. this wine is delicious. And for everybody, you know, I have a lot of friends who who are constantly worried about wine that they're going to get that they don't really understand or don't really don't have palates that are developed enough. This is literally for the beginners to to the the people that consider themselves experts this is both their verdot and their rumored red like phenomenal wine so Thank definitely you. get yourself you know to like yes go into the tasting room learn from them this is great. Thank you. This Thank is great you wine. so much. This has been uh, this has been a joy for us. Like I said, we like to have fun with wine, and and right, wine is about the experience in the community. And what what better way than to talk about fun things with fun people? So this has been wonderful. Thank you both. Thank you. Remember, until next time, it may not be Wednesday, but it's always a good day for wine. <laughs>